Thank you for listening to the Renovate Life Church of God's broadcast. Here's today's message from our pastor, James Demmel. Did you guard the man? I gave you responsibility to guard the man. And now the battle's over. The Bible says that the man escaped. We're in a time, men, that we've got to guard our lives. That was our charge last year, is to guard the man. I guess I want to continue down the same path a year later because the Bible talks to us about guarding our family. If you look at this little setup that my wife gave you, it says, take five, Pop. Take five minutes. And I want you to guard the family. It's important that we guard the family. It's important that we have an understanding of where we need to go. The devil wants to keep reminding you men of your faults and where you falter. Satan wants to keep you lost and ineffective without impact on your family. And even when he doesn't come to you directly, I want you to understand, I hope you feel it in your spirit. He's going to use some form of attack to to keep you from being impactful on their lives. His job is to keep you from understanding your spiritual potential. Judges 31 or 331 says, And after him was Shimgar, the son of Anath, which slew the Philistines, 600 men with an ox goad. And he also delivered Israel. Let's pray, dear Heavenly Father. God, I pray today as I feel your spirit, Lord, that you touch every man in the house. But Lord, this is not just for the men. This is for the Husbands and wives and children, Lord, I pray that you bring us together. God, I pray that you give us understanding and wisdom and strength, God. I can't talk to the men outside of this house, but I know that you brought them here today. And it's not by divine accident. Lord, you you called them here, Father, to hear your word. And I pray the best that we can ever be is People that tell your word. And I pray today as I tell your word, God, that somebody's heart is pricked. That someone is changed, Father. Lord, I pray that they start to maul over, Father, what's in their heart, Father, for you. And they begin to get an understanding of who you are in their lives, God. Lord, I pray for the men of this house, God. I pray for the ones today that chose to stay home instead of come to your house. I pray for the ones today that haven't guarded the man. Lord, I pray today, Father, that you give them ears to hear, but more importantly, open their heart as wide as it'll go, Father, so that they can get all that you have for them. I'll never fail to give you the praise, the glory, and the honor. In Jesus' name we pray, everybody said. Amen. Amen. There are only two verses in the Bible that even mention this man's name. But I want you to understand that we can glean from these verses. It is for everybody in this room today, and I can tell that we're down in number. But God sent you here by divine order. 
And so don't just think, well, ladies, I, I can write this off. It's for my husband. Today's Father's Day. It's all about him. I want you to understand that God gave us an understanding to guard the man. And as I previously talked, I want you to understand that it's very important. It's very imperative. But he also gave us another charge that is equally imperative. He said, guard the family. The Bible tells us that Adam was living in the Garden of Eden. The word means Garden of Delight. God said, guard your house. Genesis 2.15, And the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden and to dress it and to keep it. The word keep, I've already told you, it means to hedge in with thorns, to set parameters, boundaries, and borders around. To guard, to protect and I want you to protect the garden. Protect your house. Protect your garden. Well, what is in the house? The family. But what would he need to protect the house from? Adam is living in a perfect world. There is no sin. There's nothing that's come against him. But God gives him this charge. It starts at the very beginning of time. And he says, I'm giving you this garden. I'm giving you this house. And I expect you to keep it. I expect you to guard it. I expect you to hedge it in with thorns. I expect you to be proper with what I've given you. And the Bible tells us that Satan enters the scene in chapter 3. I told you last week that God could not create Eve until he got the man right. So the Bible says, Adam, guard this family. The snake is there. That sneaky snake is not going to come directly at you. There's a lot of times in your life that you're not going to be able to battle him straight on. But I want you to be ready. If you're guarding the man, then you're guarding the family. And you're going to be ready for whatever comes your way. Guard the family. We're told in Judges chapter 5 verse 6. That the days of Shemgar. That the men took the side roads. No one was able to travel the highways. They had to take the roundabout. You couldn't travel 50 or 93, 70 or 71. You couldn't even jump on 270. You had to go the back roads. The highway had been deserted. Because men had to take the back roads. To understand why, we have to understand the book of Judges. The book of Judges talks about God and his people. And it says this, that they were in a failed culture. Judges 21, 25 says, In those days there was no king in Israel. Every man, every man did that which was right in his own eyes. So during the days of the Judges, we find... This class of postmodernism. Postmodernism is gives us an understanding that there is no absolute. Everyone has their own truth. 
everyone did right or the right that they seen in their own heart. It's like your child saying, I want to do it my way. Well, Luke can't do it his way. He's got to do it my way. Because I'm the boss. If everyone does it their own way, there's nothing but calamity. There's nothing but destruction. We were living in a time in Judges where there was nothing but calamity and destruction because everybody had their own thought, their own understanding, their own wisdom, and they thought that there was no absolute. Now, I'm not talking about anybody. I'm talking about the children of Israel, God's people. Why does God have so much trouble with his people? So what we find in the book of Judges is they weren't governed by anybody. Their families were in chaos. The nation had major issues. There was violence everywhere you turn. And the issues were tearing the families apart. It was a time of calamity. Because people were their own king. Their own god. They did their own thing. The guide to gain the access to whatever they wanted to do was right before them. But they wanted it to be about them. So enter stage left. The Philistine warriors. I thought about having a bunch of guys dress up and bust through that door. Wouldn't that have took your breath away? The Philistine warriors come on the scene. The Philistine government begins to see what's wrong with the culture. And they begin to take the highways away from the people of Israel. Because anytime there's a broken culture, anytime there's a messed up situation, the enemy is going to send his distraction to make it worse. Guard the family. You don't have to read the Bible today to see the degradation that we're in. You can pick up the newspaper, you can read it in the newspaper, you can watch it on the news. Does anybody even get a newspaper anymore? Every where we look, everything that we do, these issues and problems have, a, have occurred. Could it be because people have made up their own rules? They made up their own rules about sexuality. They made up their own rules about race, about culture, about class. And nobody can get along with anybody. So we see conflict in our own lives. We see conflict in our own families. Our families are fraying to pieces because we will not serve God. Our families are divided over many issues. We go to family functions and we get in arguments because we don't have the same point of view as the person sitting across the table from us. We fight about the issues. We fight about the problems. 
We fight and, and we've divided the lines. Well, I'm Democrat. No, I'm Republican. No, I'm independent. No, I'm this. I'm that. And that's not what God told his church people to be. As a matter of fact, he said to stand against it. All we see is chaos. And it sets the stage for the enemy to invade the environment. Satan has a motto. Did you know that? It's divide and conquer. If he can divide us, if he can fray us to pieces, then he will win every time. The reason that, the, that God came to Adam and said, I want you to keep this house. I want you to hedge it in. I want you to keep it. I want you to guard it. Is because he knew that Satan was going to come against the family. There's no rules in a place like this. There was no standard. Now, in this area, we live in a Judeo-Christian culture. We live in, a, in an area that it wasn't applied totally to people, but for the most part, people in this area believe in God or believe that now they don't believe that you got to go to church. They don't believe really that you even got to pray. When people, this culture that we have understood, they pray when they get into trouble. This situation that the children of Israel was in brings in a man named Shimgar. It was a chaotic situation of violence, terror, cultural collapse. It was a place where people defined themselves by what they thought and not what God said. They opened the door for the Philistines to invade the land. Can I tell you that the Philistines were the arch enemies of the people of Israel? They controlled all the roads. Shimgar enters. The Bible says 22 words. About who Shimgar is. The Bible said that he killed 600 Philistines with an ox goad. I, I need you to get an understanding today because we, we, get, we can glean great information from this 22-word verse about Shimgar. See, the Bible tells us that he's just a farmer. Well, pastor, how do you know? Because the tool of the day was the ox goad for the farmer. They could, they could move the oxen along. They could keep them working. They could do whatever they needed to do. And the ox goad was this little thing with a hook and a point. And the Bible tells us that they were in cultural collapse. And it was in the heart of this man. He could not take it any longer. He knew that, that his family was broken because of what was going on in the community. He felt like that maybe he had let it happen. He didn't know what to do. All he is is a lowly farmer. You hear what I'm saying to you? This man is not... I, I, I got to read this verse totally accidentally by the grace of God. It wasn't... Shimgar is not on the radar. Who knew about Shimgar in the place probably about... But Shimgar gives us a great understanding of what God wants us to do, how God wants us to be. Men, he was not okay with his current situation, even as a farmer. 
Now, the Bible tells us <coughs> about the farmers. First, can I tell you this? We want to start at the head of the class. We want to be what we think we ought to be right off the bat. But that's not where God wants you to start. Because if you start at the head of the class, you don't know what the head of the class is, and I promise you, you'll be broken. But if you start and you gain understanding and you gain tools and you gain wisdom and you grow, things begin to change in your life because you have more knowledge, you have more wisdom. Therefore, God increases your responsibility. Shemgar was a farmer. But he had something deep inside of him. He could not allow the culture to remain the way that it was. And so the Bible said that he wasn't sure what to do, but he had to do something. He didn't start off as a judge. He started off as someone that was very unimportant. You may feel unimportant today. You may not be a David. You may not be a Paul. You may not be someone that is understood of in the Bible. But you, every man in this place, can be a Shimgar. You can be a protector of your family. Everyone can. And God's calling you today. He's calling you. Don't let the enemy shut down your mobility. God has greater things for your life. He has greater responsibility for you. Greater understanding. Shimgar does not start off as a judge. He starts off as a farmer. You can't start where you want to be. You got to start where you are. Many people are waiting until they get more money. They're waiting until they get more education. They're waiting until they get a better position. They're waiting until they have some notoriety. When God plants something deep inside of your heart, it's something, it's a passion that drives you, it moves you, it changes you, it transforms you. What I'm trying to do is get you there today. Guard the family. I'm never going to have any notoriety. I'm never going to be famous. But what I want to be is a man that guards my life, a man that guards my family, a man that stands up for what is right when right looks bleak. We live in a day where men refuse to do what God is saying. And if pastors preach about it from a pulpit, they're bigots. Well, you're just being a jerk. I don't want to go to that church. But what if we could get a hold of what God wants to do? What if we would really guard the man? Well, I, I so want you to get this today. We need to guard our lives, men. When you guard your life, statistics are clear. Not even biblical principles. Statistics are clear. That when the man is the head of the house, that things in the family begin to change and that the family is better for it. It's true. What if we could just move out of our comfort zone? 
See, many times we're thinking, well, I don't have to work for God now because down the road, God may give me something greater. God expects you to move. He expects you to take a step. He expects you to take a stand for what you believe in. What do we believe in today? Pop, guard the man. Shimgar had a vision for the future because he had a burning desire that God gave him. A desire not to leave his family in a situation that they were in. He had a vision for justice. He had a vision for a better future. Proverbs 29, 18 says, Where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. Another version says, Where there is no vision, the people cast off restraint. We were in that time. Guard the man. Guard the family. Men, there's a reason that you're having issues with your wives. Come again, Pastor. Men have not given their wives the vision of where the family is going. And since she doesn't have your vision, I want you to understand she will create her own. And if that's the case, and you get mad when she creates her own, it is your fault. Because you haven't given her the understanding of where the family is going. Guard the family. Have a direct godly vision. The Bible says when you as the man guard the family and have a direct godly vision that the family, that your life will fall in line. Well, pastor, how do I do that? The Bible tells us that it's man's role to give the vision, to cast the vision to the family, to the wife. Hey, this is where we're going. This is what's going to happen and. Listen, honey, I see that there's going to be some bumps in the road. My projection tells me that we're going to have fights and we're going to get in trouble and there's going to be some times that you may want to leave me. There's going to be some times that you're not happy with me and I'm not happy with you, but this is where we're going. This is the vision and there's going to be times that we've had these discussions, but what you see does not agree with what God told you. Stay the course. Guard the family. Do what God has told you. And then you, men, get down to guarding the family. Well, how do I do that? God, I need your direction today. I need you to give me understanding, and I need you to give me wisdom, and I need you to give me strength, because in my case, my wife's smarter than I am. And so I need you to help me and I need you to, to give me understanding because if you don't, I'm going to be in trouble. I want her to know that I have heard from God. Guard the man. Guard the family. Pastor, I really don't understand what you mean. God will never take you someplace without the tools that you need. He's never just going to throw you into a scenario where he doesn't help you. 
where he doesn't guide you. What do you mean? I can only give you my understanding of the scenario that I'm in. But I can tell you this, that, that pastors have weaknesses. <gasps> God doesn't send a pastor to a church fully equipped with everything that he needs. He doesn't send you with every tool. You can't build every program. You don't know, know certain places to go. You have no experience. So God doesn't send somebody somewhere with all the experience they need. But he does send you the tools. Well, what, what do you mean, pastor? Where, where I have weaknesses, God sends me men with strengths. Where, where I fail, God sends me people that have understanding of where we're going and have caught the vision. And if we cast the vision, those men are able to guide the church in direction where I may fail. God is not going to send somebody to the church with my strengths. He's going to send someone to the church with my weakness. Because where I'm strong, I don't need help. Where you're strong, men, you don't need help. But your, your wife is there to take care of your weaknesses. Man, if we could get a hold of that. Man, if we could see that. Well, she talks to me like I'm 10 years old. Quit acting 10 years old. Shimgar realizes that he's got to do something. The only thing that he's experienced with as a farmer is an ox goad. Just an eight-foot staff with a hook and a point. He's in big trouble. But the Bible says that he killed 600 Philistines and then it says he used an ox goad. God gave him the tools that he needed. To complete the task. Sometimes he's going to defy your logic. Sometimes he's going to take you out of your comfort zone. Hear what I'm saying, men. He wants to take you out of your comfort zone. Moses, I want you to throw this staff down. And the Bible says that Moses throws his staff down and pop, there comes a snake. And Moses was in the presence of God and he still got scared and ran. Then God said, hold up, Moses, where you think you're going? Go pick it up. I can tell you right now, I ain't picking up no snakes. And so I'm sure the Bible doesn't say this, but men are negotiators. Hey, I, I, how many men have said this? I got people. You know that commercial that says, I got people? <laughs> they got that from some dude. Because every man has people. Hey, hey, you need something. You need, we're like the mafia. You need something done. I got people. You know, I'm not telling any lies. Everybody's like, all the men are like suddenly kidding. Yeah, hey, you need something, Pastor? What you need? He said, guard the man. It's, it's an important understanding. And he says, Moses, I'm going to defy your logic. Pick up the snake. I'm sure Moses went over and grabbed the tail. And all of a sudden, it's a staff again. 
Shemgar, I want to defy your logic. All you have is a farmer's staff. You don't have a military weapon. You don't have military might. But you have me behind you. If every man in the place could understand that you have the power of God behind you, you would guard your family and there would be no worry. There would be no fear. There would be no need for depression medicine. You could take care of what God gave you. Guard the family. Thank you for joining us today. If this message has uplifted you, we would love to hear your story. Go to www.renovatelifecog.com and click contact. Your testimonies are a blessing to us throughout the week. Renovate Life is a place of healing for the lost, the broken, the weak, weary, and stray.